Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Put me in a straight jacket. Welcome back to another episode of Done Playing by the Rules. We've got a good one for you guys today. We're excited for this. I'm Jenna. And I'm Janelle. And it so, is Pride Month. It is. We decided on a whim to record this after seeing deficits in ourselves as well as how we are talking to our kids. And we think this is a super, super important topic. So we're excited for today. Oh, I'm glad the way you said that too, because that's very true. And something that I wanted to touch on too is I remember being in college and being considered an ally was enough. I strongly feel, especially this year, with all of the civil injustices we have seen, being an ally isn't good enough anymore. And you Mm -hmm. need to put your money where your mouth is and your actions where your mouth is and just showing up. And we'll, t- we'll dig into this maybe a little bit later in the, which they're calling rainbow washing, which is just corporations making everything with a rainbow on it to seem like they're allies and then not mm-hmm. doing any of the work and not putting their money where their mouth is year round mm-hmm. is something that isn't going to cut it anymore. So no. my family is making a concerted effort to shop small LGBTQ businesses and to donate to different organizations and to Mm -hmm. sign pledges. So advocacy has always been a big part of it, but we want to raise kids that are not just allies, but kids that are active participants in supporting their friends and whomever their friends fall in love with, we want them to support them. And I personally want this to be a normal conversation for our kids, as well as a lot of the terms we're going to discuss today. I want it to be part of their vocabulary because personally, I struggle because growing up, it was not part of my vocabulary. And gay was, I hate to say it, but it was like a term you use to describe something in a negative way. I don't want my kids to ever even use it in a negative way. And I want them to be able to use pronouns comfortably and everything and not just assume somebody's pronouns. I just really hope that my kids can be raised in a completely different way than what we were. And I don't think the movement towards LGBTQ plus community really started until I want to say we were in college. And it was sad because I had a lot of friends who came out after college and they felt like they couldn't do it in high school because there was no support. And so- Absolutely. To see that struggle and to know that I knew those people and they were struggling with that internally broke my heart. I think that shit needs to stop. <laughs> yeah. And we've talked a lot this last year about all of the struggles that we have under the surface. You just see the tip of the iceberg of a person. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason this podcast is called Dumb Playing by the Rules is because we're not going to shove our struggles down anymore and feel alone. That is something that I don't think you and I, Jenna, as cisgender women can Mm -hmm. even begin to grasp how alone someone might feel. I was going to pause you because you said said cisgender, which I had to learn what cisgender was. Okay, let's do a vocab. Uh, You scared me. I was like, I'm pretty sure that was right. No, you said it flawlessly, but I had to learn what it was. Cisgender is, from what my understanding, you... Mm -hmm are the gender you were assigned at birth. So you identify as that, your appearance matches Mm -hmm. that. Let's talk about what we've learned, because I've even learned things and I felt like I was pretty well-versed in this. When I went to college and not to be like, I was this, this, and this, I had a very narrow scope of what it Mm -hmm. meant to be LGBTQ. And my first college job was at Abercrombie and I got a crash course Mm -hmm. in all of it. And really? like I, I knew, yeah, I knew one gay male before that, openly gay. And when I went to work at Abercrombie, there was majority in my store that I worked at 
I'd say 80% of the people were bisexual or gay. I'm this little girl coming from a freaking Catholic high Mm -hmm. (laughs) high school. And I learned a lot really fast. And then I came to realize that literally we'd be folding shirts and their love was no different than my love. Their relationships Mm -hmm. were no different than my relationships. There was zero defining line between what we were experiencing as young 20 year olds or 18 Mm -hmm. year olds. And I was like, Oh my God, there's, this is it. Like we're all one thing, but that is coming from my place of privilege, having never dealt with the struggles that my friends have had to deal with. And so Jenna touched on cisgender. There's a lot of different things that need to come into this in terms of Gender, identity, sex. So sex, let's start with sex. Your sex is what you are assigned at birth based on your external genitalia. Your gender can be how you identify or the gender you were assigned. So we have gender identity different from gender. Gender is generally seen by a doctor in a clinical standpoint. Gender identity is how you feel, how you present, and how you kind of encapsulate yourself in the world and the you that you want to be. Right. So we need to distinguish between gender and gender identity because gender expression is a lot different than just gender. Right. Genders... Let's say gender is so 2008 and gender expression is is where we're going to – let's move towards feeling comfortable with all gender expressions, Mm -hmm. whatever fluidity there is. And that can also change throughout your life. That's something I didn't put a lot of thought into either. I assumed you were born, you felt you were assigned the wrong sex, and Mm -hmm. now you decide you want to be the other one. I just always assumed you're born – and assigned a male, but you've always felt a female, Mm -hmm. and you worked your way to female and stayed female, it can go back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it can be in the middle. And there's also not just two sex. There are people that are born intersex, which having Mm -hmm. multiple organs. I just really think that our focus is how to talk to our kids. A big part of that is familiarizing yourself even vaguely because I think we need to recognize that this is a completely new topic for a lot of parents. Let's talk about it from the standpoint of something that I really think is important. There is not a parent out there that doesn't want to teach your kids to be nice kids. Now, let's take it a step further. To be a nice kid, you have to be an inclusive kid. Mm-hmm. No one thinks a kid is nice that is not inclusive to everyone. And that's now, where people get tripped up because not everyone is And that's where people get tripped up. Not everyone is ready. And here's the other thing is you have to make a third jump. So here's step one, you want to raise a nice kid. Step two, you want to get a nice kid, you have to have an inclusive kid. Are you going to draw a line there and say, I just want an inclusive kid to disabilities and kids that look different than them? Right. Because I don't see how you can say, I want to raise a nice kid, which means they have to be inclusive or they're not nice, but I'm going to draw the line at who they love. Exactly. This is making me physically angry. And yeah, now I can I'm tell. Take a minute. And not only like who they love, but even how they identify. And that's a <gasps> whole other thing. And it's just, ugh. I don't know. I can't even. And Jenna and I were talking about this earlier this week. Let's just break it down even to a really simple, easy to understand thing for parents. Boys with long hair. Mm -hmm. Children that identify as boys with Mm -hmm. long hair. AKA my son for three years. Your son for three years. I have friends that have had boys. There was the boy with the most beautiful law identified as a boy. Mm -hmm. I always, I'm checking pronouns even in kids, man. And identified as a boy and beautiful long curly hair down past his chest. And I just would like, okay, so if that's problematic for you to see a child that identifies as male with long hair, is that problematic of that child or is that problematic of something you need to look at yourself for? Right. And what blew my mind is, first of all, my son identifies at this point as a male. He had long hair. What blew my mind were the comments that were coming out of three and four-year-old mouths. They're learning that from somewhere. Honestly, it was a form of bullying to my son. As well as parents in stores would say comments to me while my son is sitting there, why don't you cut his hair? He looks like a girl. 
Or they would say, her, she, your daughter. And I would correct them and say, this is my son, he, him. And they would say, oh, you should really cut his hair then if you don't want him confused. First of all, back off. First of all, I don't give Second a fuck of all, if he's Who confused? said boys you... have to have short hair? No one has I ever know. said that. Janelle, what do you identify as? You have short hair. Like I sure do. And everybody thinks it's adorable. But the second a boy does anything that is seen by society Not as feminine. Not everyone sees it as adorable. I've had, mm-hmm. I have heard comments said behind my back, oh my God, she'd be so much prettier. But if she just grew her hair out. Like, Who? I'm not going to say. I've heard, um, I have heard one stranger in a store and I have overheard via my husband a reference to one of his friends saying it. Like okay. she'd be so much hotter if she had long hair. <laughs> Since when is long? Like, like I give a fuck what you. Okay, so this is we're going off on our tangents as normal. However, yes, someone's hair does not define them. Someone's clothing does not define them. Mm-hmm. The way a child dresses does not define them. A boy with fingernail polish does not define them. Mm-hmm. Anybody who is artistic and wants to express themselves does not define them. My son who isn't into sports and loves musicals doesn't mean shit. I want everyone to walk away from this episode. If you are listening to this thinking like, the Bible says man and a woman, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for that rude interpretation. However, <laughs> yep. if you felt offended by that, let's look at you and say, the Bible says love everyone. It's mm-hmm. not your job to judge. It's G- So either it's your job or it's Jesus's job. My interpretation is you don't get to take away Jesus's jobs. Right. So let's love everyone while we're here. And if you really think that this is problematic, let your Lord and Savior deal with it. Yeah. Otherwise, zip it. And I am a Christian. But those people who say that a man and a man, people changing their identity, anything like that is a sin. First off, fuck off, Karen, because it's not your business. Second of all, that's not loving everyone. And third of all, so you say you see it as a sin and you can't get past that mindset. So you mean to tell me that every day you're living a sin-free life? No, Mm -hmm. you're not. You're sinning and the way you're treating these people is such a fucking huge sin that you're being a hypocrite. So if you see it as a sin, just back <laughs> off and lock your doors. Oh, Jenna's dropping her Bible right on the table right now. Okay, well, she I had, had this interaction the other day at the hair I know salon. You did. And it pissed yeah. me off beyond belief. And the comments you say in front of my kids, I don't care what you think, but if I say I'm raising my kids to be accepting of all, you don't need to sit there and quote the Bible to me. That is not your I'm job. Good. Not no, your job. I'm, good. I'm not going to quote. I'm not going to. No, we're not quoting the. We're not quoting the Bible. I'm yeah. Sorry, we're not. Like, okay. So, first of all, before we dive even deeper, <laughs> I want to say okay. that Janelle and I are not perfect on this topic. We still have a lot mm-hmm. of learning mm-hmm. and educating to do on ourselves, our families. We're doing the best we can. So yeah. keep that in mind. If we say something wrong, we are sorry. We would I don't, love you I to kindly know one tell pers- us. Yes. Exactly. It, it, it changes weekly. Jenna and I both learned something new from my sister this morning like yeah. that I'd never heard before. Like It is always changing, kind of like human beings are always right. changing and evolving. They're adding terms in to fit what people are experiencing, and that's a beautiful thing, but sometimes beautiful. keeping up with that... Like you, we go to one resource and it has a huge list and then we find this new resource. And so we're doing the best we can with this. (laughs) And here's another point I want to make. Moving from allies to actual advocates. Yes. Allies can sit and post their rainbow flag on Facebook. Advocates are going to come out even if they're nervous to fuck up and Mm -hmm. try to talk to other people. Jenna and I are nervous we're going to fuck up, but we're still going to try because actions mean more than Mm -hmm. posting something one time and moving along with your day. So if we fuck up, we're sorry, and we'll issue our corrections. However, we're going to do our best to speak clearly and freely. And like Jenna said, this is kind of a blooming flower, a blooming flower of inclusivity, (laughs) where we just keep creating new petals to make sure that everybody feels like they're a part of this group. By the time we air this and edit it, there might be a new inclusive group. (laughs) 
Yeah. But so I wanted to read one quick quote. We love us some good Dr. Becky. And we're going to link this and post this when this episode comes out. And this is speaking to your children about being advocates and allies. There are many ways to be a family. Some kids have two mommies or two daddies or one mommy or one daddy. Some kids have one parent or live with grandparents or other grownups. There is no right or wrong way to be a family. Fuck yeah. Thank you, Dr. Becky. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're going to kind of talk from a family standpoint. That's personally where we're at in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to give a lot of tips. But however, whenever we're saying kids, know that you can replace that with anyone, with even your parents, because my parents aren't here anymore, but our parents need this education and our grandparents because they're probably not as aware as they should be or accepting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we get into this? No, let's quit now. Okay. See you later. So (laughs) like, rate, subscribe. (laughs) A good day. Um, Okay. So I think that's really important too to say is replace kids with dumb uncle at a barbecue this summer. Mm -hmm. Let's treat everyone like they're a new kid learning this as time goes because we all kind of are kids learning this as it comes. Mm -hmm. And if we misspeak, we're no better than anyone else. Just because we feel love is love and everyone is deserving of I always joked with Josh when we were marching. We weren't married yet, and we were marching for the gay marriage to pass. And we would joke, like, everyone deserves to be happily married. And now that we've been married for 10 years, we're like, everyone deserves to be stuck with someone. (laughs) That's like our joke. Everyone deserves the joy of marriage. Yes. All right. What is your first point? So I'm going to go back to the vegan episode because we kind of talked about how to talk about more difficult subjects with people. And I'm going to bring up that point again of... This is a difficult subject. It can get heated when you're talking to people who are not open-minded about it. Approach it with love and kindness because the second you start getting defensive or saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, that's when people are going to close off even more. And if you can tell me about a situation where you're like, no, you're wrong, this is da-da-da-da-da-da and listing all your stuff and the person's like, oh my gosh, you're right, I would love to hear it. But when you start getting defensive – that's when other people start getting defensive and they're never going to see it. So you have more of a chance to talk to somebody and open their mind and their awareness to this movement and to this whole community by speaking out of love and kindness and saying, I hear you. However, and then go on with your points. You're going to come out feeling better about yourself. You're not going to be as fired up. And if they didn't listen to any of it or accept any of it, then that's on them. We were talking about another couple of things um, going back to the Virginia episode, and we don't know if Virginia will have aired or not yet. Uh, we said, like, how would you explain this to someone? And she said, first of all, I would say I love you. Yes. And I think if you're dealing with a family member that knows that you guys are going to disagree, they might come into this primed for a fight. And if you can start with, first of all, I love you. Mm-hmm. I see this differently than you in this way. That's Mm -hmm. very fucking disarming. And it's not your job to disarm people. But if you really, really, really want to like make some ground with someone, what if we start with, first of all, I love you. Yeah. Let's start everything with that. (laughs) And then what was the other um, one that we saw the other day? Help help me me understand. understand. Thank you. So help me understand. Okay. Interesting. A marriage is between a man and a woman. Help me understand your feelings behind that. Mm Mm-hmm. Then they're going to tell you why, why, why. And if they don't have a why, 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 then, I mean, is it really worth your time? It's not your job to educate everyone. Let's help those who want to be helped. I've had elder people reach out to me and genuinely want to know how to speak more kindly and more respectfully. Mm -hmm. That is someone you can genuinely help. Someone that's trying to start a fight with you on 4th of July barbecue, like, nah, Mm -hmm. I'm good. Like, I'm here for the fireworks. Right. Or these keyboard warriors who get Ugh. on anonymously and just start typing shit to get you riled up. Like, chances are they're unhappy in some huge aspect of their life, whether it's this mm-hmm. topic or another, and they're just too scared to talk about it. Absolutely. I want to say personally, and this is a big thing for me to say because it doesn't show my childhood in the best light, which I've talked about. I had a wonderful childhood. However, had I identified as a different gender or came out as loving the same sex 
the same sex. Is that right? The same gender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, See? same gender. Same gender. Again, not perfect on these terms. I'm trying. I don't think it would have been easy. I know there was some stigma in my family about gay relationships. I don't really know why that was. I don't know where that started. However, with my parents' generation, that was a huge thing. A man and a woman are with the parts they're born with. That's how they live their lives. Women do this, men do this. However, I do think my parents would have grown to accept and love because they were willing to change those biases. I think it was so deeply ingrained in them that they didn't know it was as big of an issue as it was. I do not want that for my children. I want my children to know that love is love and they are loved no matter what. And I had a big conversation with my son in the car the other day. First of all, he's already so gender aware and he is so accepting that it brought me to tears because I was like, I did something right. Even the other day we were, yeah, the other day we were at a birthday party for the first time in over a year. There were three boys. One was wearing a pink shirt and then there's my son and then there's boy C. Boy C says to kid in the pink shirt, why are you wearing pink? That's a girl color. My and God, the boy was like, like pink um, is a girl color. I, uh, and you could hear him stuttering. My son butts in and goes, one of my favorite shirts is pink and it has a shark on it. And it's not necessarily considered a girl. It's just pink because they thought it was a nice color for the shirt. Bra- and I was like, fucking bow. <laughs> and then it was dropped. <laughs> but I was like, hell yes. Like the fact that my son wasn't like, you're right. It is a girl color. First of all, I was so proud that he stood up. Second of all, I was mm-hmm. proud that he didn't say you're right, pink is a girl color. Like who decides what is a boy color and a girl color? And it's very weird too is that my kids have said that to me before, pink and purple are my least favorite colors. My kids will say to me like, oh, I got you this because it's pink. That's never been a thing that's been brought up in our house. They don't do it anymore because they know like mom's favorite color is black. But (laughs) it's something so innately ingrained in them that pink Mm -hmm. goes with girls and blue goes with boys. I don't think that that boy saying, oh, that shirt is pink. That's the wrong, you know, that's a girl color. That doesn't necessarily mean shitty parenting, in my opinion. There's shitty parenting and we can talk about shitty parenting. Mm -hmm. Boys and girls are just very ingrained that those are their colors. And if we can start pulling away from that, I have an acquaintance that is very anti-gender reveal party because it Mm -hmm. is immediately labeling a fetus with a color. And if you start to look at these things, it's very strange how we're ingraining this in to a 12 or 14 week old group Mm -hmm. of cells that this is your color. That's a fight for a whole nother fucking day. Today, Mm -hmm. we're just trying to teach our kids how to treat other kids on the playground and how to love who they want to love and not think anything of loving who they want to love. Exactly. And teaching them correct terminology that it's ingrained into their vocabulary. Yes. And pronoun, respecting pronouns. Exactly. So with that, I was going to say, I kind of want to get into pronouns because Janelle and I have talked about this. When when did we start talking about this? A couple months ago, uh, probably when we started to go back into the world (laughs) and we had to. No, we started talking about it it when you um, had the person coming over to put in your invisible fence, the individual coming to put in your invisible fence. And so personally, we didn't grow up with pronouns unless you were in seventh grade English and it was part of your assignment to just find the pronouns in the sentence. But I had a service worker at our house and it was very hard to tell what pronoun to use with this person. So I was making a conscious effort to use Mm -hmm. they, them, and my kids then got into an argument because my daughter was convinced they were a male. My son was convinced they were a female. Did this I argument take place in front of the service worker? No, it was after. Oh, bless so them. Then, bless so, them. Right. And so I told my kids, you cannot just assume. And so then I started talking to them about pronouns. Pronoun is how people would like to be referred to themselves. Yes. So it's she, her, him, he, they, them. And I told my children, 
when the person comes back, you need to ask them their pronouns. So I knew that they wouldn't remember all those words. So I modeled this and I'm not going to lie. It was hard and a little, I did feel uncomfortable because it was my first time asking. And so I said, my pronouns are she, her, may I ask what yours are? And I feel like I did catch her a little off guard. First of all, we live in a small town. LGBTQ is not as accepted. And so people aren't as open about pronouns. And so she, which I can say now, said, uh, well, I'm a female, so she, her as well. And she said, but I am a lesbian and I dress like a male. And she was like, but I mean, a lot of people do say he, him because they don't know. And then we started talking and it was a great open conversation. And my kids heard this. And I think personally, it wasn't perfect. I didn't do perfect, but I think it was a good opener for my kids and to see how accepting you can be and how to talk to people in a kind way about this instead of just sitting there arguing behind their backs. And I told my kids, I was like, this person's gender is none of your business. You don't need to be talking about this behind their back. If you have a question, you need to ask them when they get back because this argument between you two is done. It's not your business. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, with pronouns, I started doing a little more research. I will say props to Target because I noticed that they have new name tags and it says name and it has their name. So let's say Ashley because that's a gender neutral name, which I know some people are like, what? But I do. I did know a lot of boys named Ashley. I love the male Ashley. Pronoun. And it has their pronouns on there. They've been ahead of the game this whole time. Bravo, Target. And that is fucking rad. I didn't know that. And let me say that pronouns are something that should be talked about openly and often. And it's not just when someone is visibly androgynous. Mm -hmm. It is for Mm -hmm. everyone. It's not something to call out anybody. It is something that needs to be part of our everyday conversation. That's been a big push on Instagram. Instagram just last week, last week, I think, introduced mm -hmm. adding pronouns to your profile. And people said, well, I don't need to add pronouns to my profile. I'm... I was born a girl and I look like a girl. And the LGBTQ community actually said, no, we'd appreciate if you did add pronouns because that normalizes the conversation and helps everyone know that it is respectful. It's the same thing as when you would go to your friend's house when you were in the 80s and they, my mom would be like, you make sure you call Mrs. Johnson, Mrs. Johnson and not Linda. The right. pronoun situation is going to be a part of the respectful conversation going forward. Right. And our kids are going to be, as they go to new friends' houses, they're going to be having to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. So you doing that, and even though you felt like it wasn't perfect, I strongly mm-hmm. feel that an imperfect attempt is better than you closing the door and telling your kids, mm-hmm. like, Shh, we don't talk like that. It's none of our business. Don't bring it up. Uh, don't talk to her anymore. Go to your mm-hmm. room. Till she's gone and yeah. we're not going to face, like you faced it head on. It felt awkward as fuck for you, but you modeled something really rad yeah. for your kids. Thank you. And I was so proud. I you called Janelle after and I was like, I asked sure pronouns and I was so proud. And, and- I was cheering. <laughs> right. And my husband's work had everyone add their pronouns to their email. And I was like, hell yeah, y'all did. Oh. Right. Yeah. So a way to do this, which my kids and I are now changing the way we introduce ourselves since we're somewhat going into society, you say your name first. You model it. So if you're teaching your kids this, you teach them how to model it rather than just saying, what's your pronoun? You say, my name is Jenna and my pronouns are she, her. Have your kids start doing it. My son has been practicing. My daughter still identifies as a dog 90% of the time. So she was saying, my name is Peyton and I'm Lulu the dog. (laughs) So she's not quite there, but I think her hearing it modeled is a great example for her. And my son was all on board for this. And he was like, that's so cool. Yeah, let's start doing that. And you'd be surprised how open your kids are. I know. You didn't even tell me this. You sprung it on me on the podcast. And I love when you do that. Yeah. (laughs) One more tip said that if the conversation or interaction doesn't necessitate a full introduction, then it's just not the best time to ask somebody's pronouns. Just remove them from the conversation. So for example, if a UPS person comes to your door, 
you don't need to say, excuse me, what are your pronouns? And then address them. Just start in using, here. <laughs> remove gendered words from your language. They, them. It's hard. I yeah. fucked up like four times this year. And I think I called, did I call you when I left the mall that one time? And I was like, oh my God, I wasn't even looking at the checkout individual. And I heard a masculine voice. And so I said like, thank you, sir. Because I, that's what you do in the South. And I was living mm-hmm. in the South. And I looked up from my wallet and realized that this individual had a name tag that had a feminine name, a masculine voice, mas- beautiful eyelash extensions. And I was like, not necessary to call mm-hmm. people fucking sir right. at Old Navy. Like, yeah. stop it. <laughs> and so that was a big shift for me mm-hmm. was that. And I called my sister and I was like, should I go back and apologize? And she was like, that's so much worse. No, that was a shift for me where I knew that I needed to Good. remove yeah. that vernacular from my vocabulary and start focusing. And I, we do it constantly now when we're anywhere, even if it's, the most feminine woman I've ever seen, she's going to be they, them to when I'm sp- yep. speaking to my kids. They'll say like, can I have a sucker at Trader Joe's? And I'll say, well, you need to ask the nice cashier or you need to yes. ask them. Or yes. they would be the person you would ask for this, not ask that lady. Exactly. And thank you for that. Like, it is hard. I have a really good friend from home who has a sibling and growing up, she was female. I believe she dated some males. She was younger than us. However, she has now come out as gender non-conforming and is in a relationship, I believe, with a female. And when my friend and I talk about her sibling, it is so hard to, one, not instantly say your sister because it's yeah, a sibling. Yeah, grew up. Yeah. And two, her sibling has changed their name. So that's another hard thing to do as well as my friend's sibling goes by they, them. And I'm not going to lie, it's sometimes confusing. For instance, (laughs) my good friend was talking about her sibling and she said, they came to visit me. And I was like, well, who? And she was like, said their name. And I was like, who else? (laughs) Because I assumed it was a group and it is hard. hard. And so when her and I talk about her sibling, there is a lot of oops, I mean, and pauses because it's not natural for us either. Even though this is her sibling, it's not even natural for her, but she is trying. We grew up in a very similar household and it's mind blowing on how much we still have to learn. (laughs) Do you feel comfortable speaking on this? Okay, so I grew up in a household where I could have been anything I wanted. There was Mm -hmm. never any, any, any judgment on anything. My mom always says, I may have failed you a lot, but I always encouraged you guys to be whatever you wanted to be and whatever made you happy. I would have never felt weird announcing that I was anything other than what what mm-hmm. I was born as. Um, do you feel comfortable speaking on what you feel like would have happened had you either? And we do need to separate the two. So gender and sexuality are two completely different topics. Mm-hmm. And so because someone is choosing to be gender nonconforming or gender non-binary, we don't get to assume they're a lesbian or they're gay. Mm-hmm. We lesbian and gay can be complete a completely separate conversation that has to do with sexuality and mm-hmm. gender identity is completely separate. Do you feel comfortable speaking on what would mm-hmm. have happened had you come out as either gender nonconforming or interested in same sex or bisexual relationships? Do I feel comfortable? Come do on. you? That's why I say that just to be polite, yeah. but like I don't, I don't yeah. mean it. Well, I mean, and everyone <laughs> knows that. I loved my parents. However, I will say that they were flawed. And my kids will say the same thing about me. They love me, hopefully. I know they do. But they'll say I was flawed. Every parent is flawed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this was one of my parents' flaws. I think had I come and said, I don't feel like a female. I now identify as XYZ. My parents kind of would have been like, what are you talking about? You're a girl. However, had I said I was very passionate about it and sat them down and told them everything, my parents were very, very, very open people once Mm -hmm. they understood the reasoning behind it. But they didn't really know anyone 
who dealt with any kind of gender identity or gender non-conforming or any of that. So I think this would have just been very like, what is this? A shell shock situation. Exactly. And once, they caught, once their brains caught mm-hmm. up with their hearts, they would have been okay. I grew up in such a loving home. I don't think there's anything I could ever do that my parents would have said, we don't love you anymore or we love you less. So yeah. if this is me and this is what it takes to love me, they would have eventually come around. I would have been very nervous to bring it all up to them. I think if I was questioning any of it, I would not have felt comfortable talking about it with my parents, unfortunately. Had I come out as loving a gender other than male, I think it would have been a similar situation. I think they still would have loved me. I think it would have been a growing experience for all of us in terms of learning for them to accept that as well as how to talk with me about it. I don't think it was something they were very comfortable talking about, but I think it would have been okay in the end. I just think it would have been And let's recognize difficult. that place of privilege that you come from even there. I come from exactly. a very high place of privilege when it comes to sexuality because my parents wouldn't have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. You come from a place of privilege where they would have learned to understand mm-hmm. and accept it. There are millions of people in the world that don't come from that same place of privilege and their parents say, good day, wash my hands of this. Real quick, because this one gets me fired up. People who say, I identify as a male, even though I was born and my birth certificate says female, and the parents don't ever respect that and still call that (gasps) person by their birth name and their birth gender. Like we are very privileged that our parents would we are have very privileged. accepted this. And so. again, if you are one of those individuals, we love you and we see mm-hmm. you and our hearts hurt for you. And we are going to do our best to raise kids that don't let this be commonplace anymore. Right. Because it was interesting <laughs> personally growing up, we had gay neighbors And my parents loved them and respected them and included them. However, when stuff on TV came, I think TV was a little starting to get a little more accepting, maybe like early 2000s, late 90s, towards having same-sex couples like Ellen. And there was another one. Will and Grace was my favorite. Right. Will and Grace, my parents accepted a little more. But Ellen, I think, was like one of the big breaking ones and my parents stopped watching it because of that. And so it was Mm -hmm. kind of confusing to me personally because they loved our Mm -hmm. neighbors who we knew personally, but then we weren't allowed to see it on TV. And I don't know if it was because it was two females versus two males. I don't know if that had something to do with it or they think there could be. Yeah. I really don't know. Had the, that interaction not happened, I think I would have felt a little differently because they were so accepting of our neighbors, but yeah. I don't know. But remember, and I, so I talked in a previous episode where I the first exposure I ever had was I was at Taco Bell with my dad and they used to have newspapers on the table. And I picked up the newspaper and it said, singer Melissa Etheridge comes out as gay because mm-hmm. they didn't use like, our, I don't know if they said lesbian or gay. And I said to my dad, I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, that just means that she loves women. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, I'm going to stop listening to her music then. And he said, well, that's a super stupid reason to not listen to a rad yeah. rock star. And that's I was like, bad. oh, right there right. in that 15 seconds at Taco Bell. My Mm -hmm. dad put in my head the correct way to go about things. And so that just shows the difference in the dynamics of families. You grew up with a family with secret in a family with secrets. I grew Mm -hmm. up in a family with like we're working really hard to break the generational trauma Mm -hmm. and raise kids that can make this like beautiful utopia that we envision, which will never truly exist. But if Mm -hmm. we can create a little piece of that in our legacy of our children, that's all we're going for. Amen. Even if we're not perfect, even if we're not fucking perfect and we say the wrong thing once in a while. Which we will because we've lived 30 years. Because I'm going to call the lovely individual at Old Navy Sir for no fucking reason and embarrass myself and feel like I'm going to throw up in the car afterwards (laughs) because I'm such a fool. Another lovely thing Dr. Becky says that I need to say to my kids more often, as you get older, you will figure out who you have special feelings for. Only you'll know the type of person you want to be with. As for me, I'll be here listening and here to support. 
That gave me goosebumps. First of all, can we start using special feelings? Special like, feelings. I love that. And that was another thing I found in my research, which I had never really given um, a lot of thought to. In regards to um, significant others, you can have romantic feelings for someone and sexual feelings for someone, and they can be opposing genders or non-binary. They can be different. And so I might feel romantic feelings towards gender identifying males. I feel sexual feelings towards gender identifying females. I never really thought about the Yeah. Do you, you yeah. think they always have to go together? Like my romantic mm-hmm. feelings have to sync up with my sexual feelings and that is who my partner will be in life. But mm-hmm. you can have different feelings for different groups. And so the special feelings aspect of that comes in. Yeah. I might have special romantic feelings for one individual and special sexual feelings for a different individual. And that's okay too. And so we have to bring that into the fold of this conversation Mm -hmm. with our children as well. Yes. And with that, I want to say, do not assume your kid will grow up to be straight. If you have a son, don't talk about just growing up and marrying a woman slash having a girlfriend. When you talk about relationships, it needs to be all inclusive. I've had people now that my son has a lot more relationships say, oh, well, who is your girlfriend? Well, why does it have to be a girlfriend? And so that's something we're trying to break in our household. We could start saying who's your special person. Oh, who do you have special feelings for? Yeah. I feel like that is such a more, I feel like that is such a more understandable, like who's your Mm -hmm. girlfriend? Oh, I don't know. The person I have to, I have to buy her an anniversary card. Like that's not, that's so abstract to a little kid. Like who do you have special feelings for? Who gives you special feelings? And I think it's important to like differentiate in terms Mm -hmm. of calling people your girlfriend or your boyfriend, because right there we are assigning a defining gender line. Right. Even we're not saying who's your partner, who's Mm -hmm. your special, like let's talk about special feelings and let's make that a call to action instead of who's your girlfriend, who's your boyfriend, because it might not be either. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And with that is assess your language at home. So are you using gender specific language at your house? For example, which we've talked about in men's mental health, boys don't cry. Men are mm-hmm. tough. Ladies don't X, Y, Z. Whenever my daughter sits with her legs crossed or her legs open and she has a dress on, I've had people be like, not ladylike. That's not ladylike. No, let's just say, hey, if we're wearing a dress, let's keep our legs closed. If we are wearing a dress. First of all, that doesn't identify my daughter as any gender. Second of all, it doesn't specify that only females wear dresses. Anyone yeah cries. No one has to be tough. Everyone can be tough. And with that, let's also talk about holding kids of all genders to the same expectations. Women don't have to cook. (laughs) Women don't clean. We all clean. It does not matter your gender. It does not matter your sexual orientation. None of that matters. Mm -mm. Boys play sports. No. Everyone plays sports. And same with expectations. My boys don't play sports. <laughs> right. Men are supposed to care for their families. No. What if there's not a male, somebody who identifies as a male in that household? Who takes care of that family? Yeah. We need to cut those gender-specific expectations and vocabulary out. And you and I, I think, had a crash course also in what we talked about earlier with some families have grandparents and some families have other grown-ups. And so I think you and I spoke about this once, but I remember somebody asking me, like, how do you approach the topic? There was a kid in our kids' JK class that was um, had grandparents that were doing some caregiving. Mm-hmm. And we talk about who's your grown-up. We don't say, who's your right. mom? Who's your dad? Point me to your mom and dad. We say, who's your grown-up? That takes away a lot of the weird, like, who's your mom? Who's your dad? Oh, I have two dads. Like, what yeah. if we just say, who are your grown-ups? And I mean, single moms... So that's not any less a household in a family than Mm -hmm. somebody with two moms, somebody with three moms. (laughs) Like you never know what a family constitutes. And just because you do it one way does not mean it's a family and that's the only way to do it. Um, Wait, are we we judging our neighbors? Are we not judging our neighbors? What's the Bible say about this, Jenna? (laughs) Thou shall not judge thy neighbor. So literally take your Bible and Mm -hmm. lick that little finger and get back to that passage and worry about yourself. (laughs) 
Well, and the whole passages that say man and woman, my viewpoint is that is outdated language as well as a lot is outdated language. Times have changed. Majority of the Bible does not completely apply to today's society. And we have had to change a lot of those words to fit society because we are such an evolving society. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so let's just change that too. Man and woman does not mean man and woman, in my opinion. Love. And you hear us open this episode with, do we, what do we start with? Ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes, because ladies and gentlemen is an outdated introduction. We want to include everyone. And I had one of my girlfriends that I was in a group with, her name's Kristen, shout out. She said to be more inclusive, let's use friends and foes when we address the group or let's use, there's a million variations on the internet of what you can use to address a group that mm-hmm. isn't ladies and gentlemen. Because yep. let's put some pizzazz on that thing and put a little yep. effort into it. So we're a little more inclusive and we're a little bit more 2021. And that was a hard thing for us because we wanted to be inclusive in our introduction and we had to school ourselves on it. We didn't mm-hmm. really know mm-hmm. what to say. And so going back kind of to the families and how we said there's no right way to be in a family, let's start the conversation young. And talk about family values instead of family makeup. So for example, our family values X, Y, Z, not my family has a mom, a dad, a sister, and a brother. Like, let's talk about the values. And if your values don't align with somebody else, then maybe that's not a family you should hang out with or associate with. However, if their family dynamic is different, that should have no impact on how you interact with them or if you interact with them. And I think we need to start that conversation in our household at a very young age. I love age. that. Yeah. So what do our morals align with, not what mm-hmm. do our opinions align with? Exactly. Okay. So let's get into a little bit more kitty, kid, kid stuff. Kitty, kidder town. Okay. I want to read one more Dr. Becky. She did a pride post this morning and we'll link it up when we release the cool. podcast. But I feel like, like we said with um, who gives you special feelings, Mm-hmm. Here is another important caveat, and I hope this will – I think this might lead right into what you're going to say about our kitties. Our number one job – this isn't Dr. Becky. This is me. Our number one job as parents is to make our children feel safe, secure, and loved. So mm-hmm. use that in this quote. Many adults choose a partner, someone you have special feelings about, someone mm-hmm. you might want to live with one day or have kids with one day. The most important thing about a partner is that it is someone you love and feel safe with. Yes. She's bringing it today. Okay. For kids. Kids. If your kid has a question and you don't know the answer to it, which happens to us daily, whether it's about science or gender. <laughs> your house has so many questions <laughs> per versus my, my house has like five questions yes. a day. Yours has 5,000. Yes. You <laughs> invite them to learn with you. Mm-hmm. So you say, actually, I don't know. Let's research this together and learn together. Or go to the library or look it up on the internet after your brother goes to bed. Like make it something special that you learn about together. Oh, I like that. Exactly. If your kids start showing signs of gender stereotypes, and once again, the word kid can be replaced by angry uncle at the barbecue or Karen at the (laughs) barbershop, challenge their questions by asking them why chances are their why is going to be outdated or misinformation. And so now here is your time to kindly give them the correct information about the subject. I had a big talk with my son the other day in the car about gender, and I was very surprised and proud how he thought of gender. Our conversation flowed. It had a lot of good points, and he even brought up the whole topic of women having babies and how if two of the same gender want to have a baby, how they have that. And he was just so curious as well as accepting, as well as he made a lot of good points. And I was also very surprised on how aware he was, but in a positive way. And it just was so beautiful to me. Also, we have a same-sex marriage couple on our street. And it was kind of eye-opening to me. Like, I kind of wonder if my kids are going to say anything or notice anything. Their only question was, why don't you have kids? 
but they say that to anyone who doesn't have kids because they think that everyone wants kids. And so we've had that talk on infertility as well as kids aren't for everyone, just like skateboarding's not for everyone. And Oh, that's a good way to put that because I haven't had, you know, my kids don't ask questions about anything. And so I haven't had, that's a really good way to put that though. Like kids aren't, I mean, I'm not even sure kids are for me at this point. I'm seven fucking years into it. But two kids later. They just just showed up one day and now it's a nightmare. It's a circus nightmare. Exactly. Um, But I think that's a really rad way to put it. Like kids aren't Mm -hmm. for everyone, just like skateboarding isn't for everyone. And then you move the, move along. You don't need to sit there and be like, tell me your feelings on if you're going to like, don't let's not start putting our kids in boxes. Like I can't, I hate when I hear someone say like, I can't wait for you to give me grandbabies Mm -hmm. one day. Knock that shit off. That is pressure. That is putting them in a position that is binary. It doesn't give them options. It makes them feel a pressure and it's something for you. It's that for them. And like, let's chase our careers if we want to. Like who says we have to have kids? Like I'm going to, I'm the first time my kid says, who says I'm going to have kids. I'm going to do a dance in the street. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. It's just kind of interesting to see your kids. They're born naturally inclusive, I think personally and accepting. And then we start to put our stigma on our kids. And I, I think they're born as they are blank chalkboards. And Mm -hmm. you are modeling an accepting, inclusive household to them. So they are naturally more inclined to lean that way. And your kids are very inquisitive too. So you you get a bonus. But that's the same thing. Like you said, you've been locked up for a year. The Mm -hmm. first time you leave the house, you run into some woman who's going to quote you Bible scripture at the hair cutting place. Like we're going to walk out of this pandemic and this is all going to hit. And our kids are at that perfect ripe age where they're going to go – inclusive, non-inclusive. And Mm -hmm. this is an important time to have this conversation because as we all re-enter the world, let's make it more beautiful and accepting and loving instead of, ew, you you run like a girl and Mm -hmm. you're a pussy and you're the... (laughs) And let's treat our... Let's show our kids how to interact with those people who have these strong stereotypes and thoughts because let's face it if they're in any kind of social situation in the world or watching tv chances are they're going to hear something even tv is so stereotypical it is it really is very gender stereotypical yeah and so also take a look at your house which we have done in terms of race and religion now i think we need to include identity in that personally same so Mm -hmm. you want to see what your kid is exposed to are all your kids books slash TV shows about a certain type of family structure? If so, let's start to diversify that. And you can do that in so many different levels. Race, religion, family, careers, everything. So we had a son first and then we had a daughter. And everyone's like, oh, you probably don't have any toys for her. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, girl toys. So then, of course, people felt the need to get us dolls and strollers and all these cute little things. My daughter likes trains and dinosaurs and Godzilla. I ain't never seen a dollar a stroller out in your house. Exactly. (laughs) And if it is a stroller or something with wheels, it's used as something to... A weapon. Exactly. Or like a construction site. Like that's just not her jam. A ramp for a hot wheel. And I will say I personally tried my best to include a lot in my son's toy bin, like dolls and mm-hmm. all different colors Jacket, and everything. Yep. But he was more drawn towards what he was drawn to. He was obsessed with trains and construction vehicles and dinosaurs. And he still is. Yeah. But he plays with pink dinosaurs and purple dinosaurs and females and males. And that's just kind of how he rolls. <laughs> with that, challenge the stereotypes in your house. Try to avoid heteronormative language or making assumptions about your child based on their gender. For example, oh, that toy is for boys. That toy is for girls. It's your sister's because it's a doll. It's your brother's because it's a car. As well as colors, shows, feelings, like we said, clothes, and activities. If your daughter is wanting to play basketball, let's start saying Okay, great. Let me find you a team instead of, oh, that's more for boys. Why don't you pick ballet? My son wanted to do ballet at one point. We looked seriously into it, but he wasn't potty trained. 
So he couldn't do it. But there was no <laughs> that's, questioning. That's fucked us so many times too. I know. He was, because he was two and a half when he wanted to, and he wasn't potty trained until he was three. And then by the time he was three, he discovered gymnastics, which he loved. So we kind of went to the gymnastics route. Again, he was the only boy in the class. He never noticed. He never said anything. But personally, I got comments on, wait, your son does gymnastics? Your son wants to do ballet? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, period. Yeah. So like, yeah, so what? Um, let's practice. Let's make that another call to action too. Yeah, period. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to explain myself. No. Zach is going through a phase where he's obsessed with pink. And Pink's daughter's name is Willow, and Zach oh, Pink is Willow. the the artist. The I thought you meant Pink yeah, the color. Sorry. Nope, okay. Pink the artist, and he's obsessed with her right now. And her daughter's name is Willow, who is ten. Zach is Willow right now, and we we're calling yes. him Willow. And he's very interested in possibly getting into like the thing where you like swing with the strings that yes. Pink does in her tours. And I'm like, bro, if you want to do that, there's a six to ten year old class starting any minute. Like, you Please be Willow, it. you do your your aerial work, and we're yeah. good. Like, that's you know, awesome. And my husband is as alpha male as anyone could be, and has never batted an eye at any of. Oh, this. I love like, that. Yeah. There's just no need to waste your precious life energy on mm-hmm. if your kid's playing a gender appropriate quote yeah. sport. Like there's no such thing. Let's sap mm-hmm. it all right now. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, a good way to do it is to give your child choices as much as possible. And this will allow mm-hmm. you to see what they truly are into, not what you Who's choose smart. for them. So instead of, do you want to play soccer in the fall? Would you like to participate in an activity? Yes or no? Okay, which one? Or let's look up some activities together. And do you want to get dressed for school today? Okay, what do you see yourself wearing? Don't just assume that that your girl wants to wear dresses and your boy wants to wear shorts. Let's be Mm -hmm. all inclusive. My son wanted his nails painted for a long time. We got comments. Now he doesn't want them painted because he heard the comments. He was never I didn't know aware. That I thought he just outgrew it. I'm gonna fight somebody now. Oh, I forgot you were around when I think he had nail polish on for a while. Yeah, he was around. just very briefly when I was around, yep. and I just assumed he outgrew it, and mm-hmm. I never thought anything. Oh, and same with his long hair. He was like, "I'm so tired of having to explain that I'm a boy." And he was to the point to where he was getting angry. And so he chose, he really wanted his haircut. And I talked to him about not caring about other people. And he was so passionate about cutting his hair that we respected it and we let him cut it. Yeah. Now that he's older, he seems to not care as much. Yeah. I found, no, you sent me a great article on ideas for Pride Month celebrations that you can include your kids in. And I loved this. It was from tlcme.com. <laughs> yeah. So one was story time. It said, check out your local library for Pride Month book selections. I don't know if all libraries are as inclusive as it, this article was hoping. We're linking, um, uh, I already put it in the show notes, uh, a link to if you want to order any of these books. We're going to order a few mm-hmm. of them just because we like to order books and just have, I like to leave books lying around so my kids yes. dabble in them and come back to them. But again, if you have a lot, and I think there was a link on there to maybe find out if your library was participating or not participating, but I did also feel that that was a very hopeful, optimistic Mm -hmm. library viewpoint. (laughs) And I'm going to, so I went to the library on the first and there wasn't anything about Pride Month. I'm going to go back, and if there's not, I'm going to make a suggestion in the suggestion box. Oh, <laughs> you're going to Karen. I love yep. a Karen. And I'm going to offer to help them find resources because that's oh, something my kids see? and I can easily do. This is how you go from passive ally to actual yes. advocate. Love. And I want to make sure that there's resources for our kids. The second one was take a pledge. So check out, which we'll link, It Gets Better Project with your kids. And there's videos about people sharing their stories and how it gets better. And then as a family, take a pledge to speak up against hate and intolerance. So this would have to be done after you give your kids the tools on how to Mm -hmm. speak up, obviously. 
And you have to make sure if you're taking this pledge that you're willing to speak up. Well, you're willing to do the work. You can't just take the Mm -hmm. pledge and then be like, cool, we're done. We took a Mm -hmm. pledge on the internet. Uh, I made the pledge this morning and it just auto-filled it and that was the end of it. Now I go back and I make sure that we do the work of Mm -hmm. inclusivity. And I think we should start with the inclusivity part of it. And that talks a lot about privilege and things like that because our kids are so young. If you have older Mm -hmm. kids, I think you can jump right into the um, gender and um, sexuality parts of it. But my kids need to learn all the inclusivity basics to get the basic vocabulary to stand up for others before they can learn to stand up for – they need to learn how to stand up for everyone and then Mm – also be able to stand up in different situations. And so we're going to start with inclusivity for all and then move into, which was Mm -hmm. both linked on the article. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Find a family-friendly pride event, which is something that I'm hoping to do if we're in our comfort level in terms of COVID. I think that would be beautiful for my kids to see. And we live near Richmond, so I know that there was, and I'm hoping – since COVID's kind of on the going down list, that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is back up again. So fingers crossed. And we went to, um, this was just a fluke, but I fucking loved it. For Zach's, I think, third birthday, we went to Disney and it was Pride Month because it's One of my friends went and during Pride Month. <laughs> it was so fucking fun and rad and everyone had on their shirts and like what a rad way to just like go about your day at Disney World Mm -hmm. and oh my gosh like all of these same sex or mixed sex couples are here celebrating in their matching shirts and it was fantastic and so fun and it you don't get much more family friendly than pride at Disney. So if that you're nervous awesome. about things being too sexualized for your children, because in Minneapolis, some of the stuff could get a little bit big. This was very G rated and it was Aww. such a mind blowing experience. And so you, like you said, you're in Richmond. I'm going to have to look for some stuff in Chicago, but get out and make it a normal part of your life. Mm-hmm. Celebrate with pride gear, which I absolutely love. Quick story, growing up, I've always loved rainbows. And growing up, I would wear rainbows. And my cousin, who's older than me, she's like five years older than me. Jenna didn't know. Also loved rainbows. And okay, so my daughter loves rainbows too. So there's now three of Mm -hmm. us who love rainbows. And we were talking about my daughter's birthday because she wanted a rainbow party. And she had sent her this rainbow, beautiful, like hand-woven thing for her room. And she was like, you know, I used to get a lot of heat in high school because people would assume I was gay. And I was like, I did too. And that's actually why I stopped wearing rainbows as much because strangers, oh, are you gay? You must be gay if you like rainbows. I've literally never heard this. I assumed you were going to say that you didn't know because I was so oblivious to this growing up. I don't... It's ridiculous. And so now... I want someone to say that to me and be, and I can say, if I am, so what? Or just say, yeah, does it matter? Yeah, I'm not coming on to you. Like, I mean, I'm I wearing a love, rainbow shirt it. right now. And yeah, not by any coincidence, my daughter is wearing a rainbow dress and a rainbow hair clip. Let's just accept it as a beautiful symbol. And then we can talk about the meaning in terms of Pride Month or in terms of yeah. pride in general. Let's just take the negativity away from a rainbow and turn it into a celebration. And let's also make sure that when we're supporting businesses that are rainbow washing, quote unquote, which is just Mm -hmm. putting up a rainbow to make money, let's make sure they're doing the work. And let's make sure we know Target's doing the work. So buy your rainbow shit at Target if you want. But Mm -hmm. let's make sure we're not just buying from someone because they posted a rainbow thing to get your money and make you feel like you're being an accepting individual. Let's make sure that they're donating all year round to causes. And let's make sure that this isn't just a Pride Month money grab. Exactly. Another good brand, which I sent to Janelle today, is Pura Vita. They make a lot of those bracelet. Actually, I have one on right now. One of these like little beaded bracelets. Sometimes they're like woven. Love. And they have pride stickers, pride bracelets, and 5% of the purchase price goes to the Trevor Project, which I is the, the world's project. Mm-hmm, the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ+ young people. Yeah, love. So, there's one that you could 
purchase from. Some of them are already sold out, which made me really Link happy. that in the, pro I in the show notes, will you? And they said they're going to keep restocking. Like they're just trying to keep up. It's not like sold out. We're done donating. Yeah. Let's sell this shit out and get as much donated as we can. And sell it all year. Like yes. let's be advocating all year. Let's not just advocate for June. Like let's right? make sure. And I think that was a big thing that you and I talked about with like mental health too. It's not just about the month of May. People are going to struggle every fucking month of the year. This is something people have in their lives every single day. So let's just celebrate it all every day. People have endured for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years the mm -hmm. scrutiny and the pain associated with an unaccepting society. So we don't get to just shut it off on June, whatever the – I don't know how many days are in June. I don't know the days of the – how many days are in June. I think 30. 30 sounds nice. You don't get to shut it off on July 1st. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So ideas for kids. Also, with the pride gear, you could do pride crafts and talk about, again, everything that kind of goes with – it's not just saying do the craft. Yeah. Do the conversations with these. So yeah, some examples for young kids are rainbow slime, tie-dye shirts, rainbow bracelets. Super easy. Any age can do them. And two more. Use resources to help teach your kids. There's many, many age-appropriate resources created by teachers and organizations such as the Humans Rights Campaign, which all this is going to be linked. So yeah. use those resources to help teach your kids. You're not in this alone. There's... No. A ton out there if you don't even know where to start. And mm -hmm. lastly, learn about LGBTQ plus leaders and activists and read about them and learn about them together. I personally don't know about many. And so this is something that I find. Did really you look at the list? It was really interesting. It I was, was like, oh my gosh, there was a couple on there that I'd never heard of. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. a fucking big moment. And I didn't right? know that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's learn together. What I am trying to do with my family, and if everybody wants to copy this, please do. Um, let's say that June is Pride Month, but June is my family's month that we're going to always kind of download all of our information for the following year. So we're going to really deep dive into what we need to work on because our kids grow a year older every year. So every mm -hmm. June at Pride Month, let's check in, make sure that we're up to date on our latest terminology. Let's make sure that we are finding some um, something we want to donate to if we have the financial means every um, year. Let's make sure that we are using the most current statistics. And let's make sure that if there's been a new development in people in history, let's use Pride Month as kind of our finals week where we download all the information that we want to trickle out to our children throughout the year. I love that. I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Very cool. And with that, thank you for listening because I know this was a big episode and we really hope you take these and use them in your house. Um, and if we said it, anything wrong, we're sorry and we'll fix it. And if you are struggling, we love you. We see you and we accept you. And we want to hear from you. And if you can all do us a favor, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. That would really help us as well. And with that, call your therapist. And take your meds. Mm -hmm.